Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Dale. We're sisters and best friends, and this is Proof It's Possible. Jamie and I are complete opposites, but somehow through every stage of life, we stay on the same team. We're kicking the door wide open and sharing our morning coffee chats with you. Join us as we chat about everything from chasing our dreams to entrepreneurship to family, friendship, and what other craziness we have going on that week. Hello, welcome back to Proof It's Possible with Jamie and Dale. Hi guys, thank you for being here again. Um, we love that you're joining us again and again. It means the world to us, so thank you. Today we are taking on the topic of grief. Ugh. We, we want to talk about grief because Jamie and I both have extremely different stories and reasons that we've had to go through grief in our lives, even though we're sisters and you would think we would have the same ones, but um, it's a topic that's like not that fun, you know? So we didn't know when to do it, how to do it, but today is the day and we're just going to jump in. Wah, wah. Yeah. Wah, wah. Sorry about the sad sack things, but Hopefully, it won't be as sad as it's sad. KJ, you go first. How has grief impacted your life? Or how do you, you know, has it shown up in your life, I guess? Um, well, grief to me has always, well, before. I think as a society, we think of grief as like death. Grief mm-hmm. equals death. Someone has to die in order for someone to feel grief. And I think that that is absolutely now I'm like that's absolutely ridiculous there's all kinds of grief there's grief when relationships end there's grief when friendships end there's grief when your life doesn't look the way that you thought it would look there's grief when there's tragic accidents there's like there's all kinds of grief and for me I felt like I didn't really have the right to grieve because somebody hadn't died so that's like the conditioning of my childhood and like societal pressures that grief was reserved for those who were like hurting the most. It was reserved for the people that were experiencing like a death. And grief for me came like all people, obviously in waves. Like I don't, there isn't like one defining moment where I'm like, Ooh, this is grief. But like a series of events where it's like just little subtleties where I'm like, Oh, this doesn't feel good. I don't like this. Or It can be like that huge, overwhelming wave where you think that like your whole world, your whole ship is sinking. Grief for me was like just looking back at my life and realizing that like alcoholism was going to be a big part of it. I didn't obviously plan for that. I don't think anybody does. And grief for me wasn't like the moment I found out Ray was drinking was excessive. It wasn't the moment the world found out. It was like the, it was in the subtleties. Like I talk about one time in my book when we went to Phoenix and, or even Hawaii, we went to Hawaii as a family. And he was like, I need to go to a meeting. And I was like, like he wanted to go to an AA meeting. And rather than like celebrate the fact that he was like still sober and working on his sobriety, I was like, I had this really intense moment of grief because I was like, even on vacation, even, I don't even get like, alcoholism has infiltrated my life even on like my most joyous happiest moments Mm, there was like greeting me at the door being like oh yeah remember you're the reality of this old thing yeah it comes with you everywhere it follows you everywhere and so like for me grief was realizing in, in that moment realizing that like my life was never gonna look the way that I thought it would I was always gonna have this like dark cloud of alcoholism over me. And obviously as time goes by and things change and all of that, 
I realized that like my life doesn't have to look the way I had imagined, but it can be way better and way different. And that's not a bad thing. Like, I think that my life is way, way, way better than I ever could have imagined. But in those moments of grief, I couldn't see that. I couldn't see that like alcoholism was actually a gift. Like him quitting drinking was actually like a catalyst to a way better life. I, all I saw was that like, it was ever present. It was always there. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So you basically had to grieve. Yeah. What you thought your life would be and what it actually was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What about you? So for me, I, the biggest, like, obviously, you know, we lost grandparents as teenagers and like got the original official grief stuff. Like you were talking about, that's the normal grief we're used to. Um, but where it took me by surprise was losing my ability to walk, stand up, be independent. You know, and at first I just thought it was sadness. I honestly didn't know how to categorize it. And grief, of course, comes with sadness as part of the flurry of emotions. But to me, grief is a lot bigger than just sadness or just feeling down or whatever, just having a not a great day. Mm -hmm. Like it's heavier. And so what I realized was that I was feeling grief, but I didn't realize it for many years after I was in the wheelchair. But it was because I had lost a lot. You know, I lost the ability to like do things independently that other people just got to take for granted. Mm-hmm. Get up, reach something at the top of the fridge, be self-sufficient. You know, I i mean, I can still drive myself, but I can't necessarily get in the car by myself. So I'm always waiting for somebody's help. I'm always waiting yeah. to get the, you know, I want to make dinner, but I, one of the ingredients is somewhere I can't reach. So I'm literally waiting for help. And I don't let those days anymore ruin my day. But during this time, it was like everything was a pain in the ass. And I was sick of it because I was sick of feeling like I couldn't be a regular person that I wanted to be that could do everything for themselves. I was grieving the loss of my mobility, you mm-hmm. know, and that's that's what I lost was that. Yeah, I think that um, grief is so crazy because to me my grief journey actually the first time I recognized it was like the story I tell about like Phoenix or being on vacation. But I looking back and like learning more about grief, I actually think it started way before with like denial and bargaining and all those different stages of grief. Like how I saw that Ray was drinking too much, but I was like in denial about it. Like, Mm -hmm. and then I did the bargaining. Well, maybe if he could just like you know, only drink on the weekends, or maybe if he could just do this, or if, if he was like, you know, showing up to work every day, that means that he's not an alcoholic, like yeah. this, this crazy bargaining that happens in your own mind, or even to the outside world, like totally. a lot of it was just internal. Like I didn't even vocalize what I was bargaining. Like I never mm-hmm. even said the words out loud, but just thoughts that I had where I could tell I was bargaining with myself about like, that it was even something to grieve. Like mm-hmm. it's just such a For wild sure. it's grief is wild. And that's why we're talking about it because it's one of those things that like I didn't like you said, I didn't feel like grief was the right word because I didn't feel deserving of saying grief because that's for someone who lost their child or who lost their parent, who lost their spouse. Like there are way harder things then in my opinion, there were way harder things to go through than this. I had all these people who loved me when I said, you know, I had, it was a pain in the ass. I had to wait for people to help me, but I still got to live. I still got to wait. I had people to help me, but I didn't feel like I 
was allowed to be like, this sucks. This is hard for me mm-hmm. and say it out loud and be, a, you know, like open about it because I didn't think it was actually grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because oftentimes we like, we compare. Yeah. Right. We're all like comparing. we're all comparing like, Oh, her story's more tragic, tragic than mine. So therefore I should just be grateful. And like, I don't deserve grief because we're comparing tragedies. And like, that's exactly. not grief is completely independent. Yeah. It's subjective. Like I'm not experiencing the loss of a child. So I don't know what it's like to grieve that, but I am experiencing the ways that I was grieving. Like I was experiencing alcoholism and betrayal and all these other things that I'm like, I have the right to grieve them, but you don't realize that. And then oftentimes when there is like, for instance, a relationship that breaks up, like friends of friends are going through a divorce right now. And my close friend is like, I'm feeling really sad about this. And she's like, I know it's way harder on them because it's their divorce and all of that. But she's like, well, I feel like we're just losing our closest friends and our couple friends. And and I'm like, you're allowed to, you're allowed to grieve. Like, yeah, it's not reserved for only the people hurting the most. Yes. It's probably harder for them. Yep. For sure. It's going to be harder for the people and the kids that are involved, but there's a part of that story that it's also okay to grieve the fact that you're friendship with them is not going to be the same and you're not going to get to do mm-hmm. couples things with them as well. And for sure, you know, grief is just like so ever present, but we don't give it that kind of like attention or we don't call it that. Like we, we have such strong societal. Yes, we do. Rules around, around that. Like, yeah, it's in a box. Even, and even how long somebody should grieve. Yeah. Like I often will hear people be like, well, you know, it's been a long time. They should just get over it. And it's like, but how do we decide what grief policing should look like? Like, exactly. you know, like we're sure. those people, we don't know how badly it's hurting for them. And why do we feel this need to decide for somebody else how long their grief should last? Exactly. Or is allowed to last. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and the thing is, is like anyone that knows me personally knows I hate change. I'm really, really, really bad with change. And I feel like grief is always attached to a huge change. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a big life altering change that you didn't choose yourself. Mm -hmm. Whatever it looks like, it's always attached to that. And change for many of us is not, not like, it's not easy. And it's not something we ever get like good at, but yet you never hear change and grief used together very often. Like Mm -hmm. it's people are like, well, you just have to get move with the times. And some people are great with change. Yeah. Roll with the punches. Exactly. But change even in a smaller scale like you could move communities and grieve losing your old community Mm -hmm. like I feel like you did that yeah I feel like you did that really bad I did it with my old house because I loved my old house and I now that I'm in my new house and settled I love where I live it's so supportive of like my needs and all those things but I didn't believe that there would be another place that was as supportive as my last house but this one is way better but yeah I'm not good at change. I'm not good at making that bridge and the little in-between parts where until you're settled somewhere new and you're on the other side of it. Oh, I lost my best friend. That house was my place. That was my, that house was my safety net, you know, for my physical health and my physical safety. So, and you lost, like when you moved provinces, you lost me. Number one, number one, number one number two I felt like I lost my sense of self I had lived in that city for such a long time that I'm like who am I I got 
I got here and honestly was like having a midlife crisis because I'm like, I don't even know who I am. I don't have a single friend. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone. It, none of that was true. Like I instantly met every mom on the playground. But like these are the stories that yeah, totally. play out in your mind that it's just, I yes, yeah. 100% I had grief when I- Well, and you also started working from home instead of working from an office. Yeah. And you loved going downtown to your yeah. office in a big Getting city. Getting a Starbucks. Yeah. And driving. Being- Driving away and waving to those kids in the rear view. Well, that in your office, like the stapler actually being where it belongs when you got back to that office. The joy of just leaving your pens in the drawer. Exactly. And all your paperwork in the spot. And so those were all things that are changes. Like, do they, they, do you call them grief? No, but they were like heavy change emotions. So are they on the skirts of grief yes I would say you were literally leaving a life you knew to go to a life you did not know yes and you weren't totally sure about honestly I feel like that is grief it's that it's the unknown it's like charting the unknown exactly territory and what is to come and you assume that it's going to be worse than what it was before but sometimes it's better it's some most times it's better I mean because you're making that choice for a reason and you're going to make the best yeah for things like that I don't know that it's always better when there's like a death or something no of course not no of course not but like when it's a choice when it's a choice you are usually choosing it for a reason yeah you know like grief is such a like crazy thing and I just think that it's so not talked about totally well and like the thing is is I and I'm not I am not speaking for anybody else but me but even though I had to go through becoming a being in a wheelchair doing all the things and I'm not saying that my life would be better or worse. I don't know what my life would look like if I were still walking, but, um, a lot of good has happened in my life. A lot of opportunity has happened in my life because of the thing, the hard things that I've gone through. Mm -hmm. So, and my perspective is different, entirely different who I was, what I was about. None of that I can be super proud about. And obviously I was only 16. So I was kind of like a shitty teenager at the time, but if that carried on, whoever she was, well, I'm in a better place because of that. Like I came out on the other end, a better human being because of all this. Oh, and I think that all the time, I think that all the time that I'm like, I remember walking into my first Al-Anon meeting and all the people were like, I'm so grateful for my husband's addiction. And I was like, these bitches are crazy. Like I will never utter those words. Yeah. But then like as time passed and as I like, grew and Ray grew and our marriage completely changed and shifted and all the things I'm like oh my god I don't I it's way better than it would have I would have ever imagined and I think that I would have stayed a little bit in a like I don't know pessimistic like mindset like you almost need something life-altering to to shake you out yeah yeah, to kick you out of that like funk that you're in and not saying that I was in a complete funk but I just think that naturally I have a more pessimistic outlook on life than like someone like you let's say for sure but I just think that had I not had the alcoholism in my life who knows maybe I would have been in like a miserable marriage and well exactly. I'm happy and I'm an entirely different person I think that I would be in my marriage because I literally look at Darren every day and I'm like thank god for all the amazing things you do for me like I and all my number one like thought about him is like gratefulness just just because he is mm-hmm. five steps ahead of everything I need in a day he gets the cream down for me you know like he leaves for work and like has like a checklist of all the things I might need and like it I could never barely even be mad at the guy because of it you know 
he's just so good. And so I wouldn't have probably ended up married to him. I would have married some buddy else along the way or someone mm-hmm. I never even met. You know what I mean? Like, because I would have started dating way earlier mm-hmm. and got into a life and I don't know who I'd be and I don't know who they'd be. You know, like I totally. just, my, my relationships are significantly better because of what I've been through because yeah. I'm so grateful for the people that do care for me in such a like lovely way. Mm-hmm. But grief. We'd love to hear from you guys. What are the ways that big grief, little grief, all the grief, you face grief and either come out on the other side or what you're struggling with. We'd love to hear from you. If you don't want to do it publicly, DM us and we'd love to chat. Bye guys. Thanks for listening. We are so grateful you're here. It would mean the world to us if you'll subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel and leave us a review. If you want to hear more from us, go to proofitspossible.com to join our mailing list and find our social links so you don't miss a thing. Thanks and chat next time.